have a board meeting at the Cloud City Public Utility District, uh, February 16th at 8.30. I'm sorry, can you speak up in the room? Oh. The United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Well, so. Yes, uh, I'm asking if you can speak up in the room, please. Okay. okay. Yes. Thank you. Can you hear us? Can you hear us? Yeah, I, it, it's faint at the board side. Better? Sound check? Can you hear us, Judy? Judy, are you able to hear us? I can hear you loud and clear, Sean. I turned it up quite a bit just now. Uh, so, if I may, uh, President Beals, just wanted to acknowledge that Director Friedman is joining us uh, virtually today. So, please, uh, I'd ask everybody else around the table to uh, keep the noise to a minimum as the owl kind of picks up all that paper shuffling. And so, uh, let's do our best to keep quiet. And then I'd ask the board to speak uh, loud and clear so that uh, Judy can hear you. And then we'll make sure that we're uh, taking time to uh, for you to ask Director uh, Freeman if she, when she has to vote or whether she has any questions or discussion. Just be intentional about that. Right. Turn it back over to you. Thank you, Sean. Okay. On the meetings available in person or by Zoom, public comment will be taken uh, first in person and then by Zoom, Zoom attendees can use the raise hand feature to make a public comment. Approval of agenda. Move approval. A second. Moved by Dan. Second by Gail. Roll call, um, roll call vote. Um, yeah, so we do need, so just clarification, uh, because we do have a board member joining us uh, via teleconference, we are required to do all votes today by roll call. Director Wilkins? Yes. Director Peng? Yes. Director Scoville? Yes. Director Friedman? Yes. Director Beals? Yes. I don't see public comment. Is there any public comment on items not on today's agenda? None in the room. Any online? Any Yes. Thank you. Item E one. 
report on Detroit real property ownership analysis. Oh. I'll be presenting that. Sorry. Oh, wow. Thank you. <laughs> Matt Assistant General Manager for the record. Uh, I know you're very excited to hear this presentation. Uh, we have completed the district real property ownership analysis. Uh, today we'll give you a, a summary. Uh, I think you received some bigger spreadsheet versions of the summary and the map. Um, and then we'll talk a little bit about next steps. Um, Brent, I just wanted to acknowledge that uh, Brent and Kevin and Corey uh, did a lot of work on this, um, but I get to take all the credit. So, um, essentially, we searched through all the Placer and El Dorado County records to check uh, what property they thought we owned. Then we looked through our GIS and uh, looked at what property we thought we owned. Um, and then went through our laser fish, which is our document management system as well as all of our server files. Uh, we have information scattered about on the server uh, in a lot of different locations. Pulled all that together um, and put together what you see in front of you. Um, a quick discussion about the distinction between property, parcel, and APN. And I'll start with APN. APN is an assessor parcel number. Um, it's essentially a taxable parcel. It's a breakdown of how the assessor taxes property. It is not a legal uh, description, okay? A parcel, a legal parcel is the legal parcel. In 90, and then in our case, uh, we distinguish property. We may, the admin facility is one property to us, but it consists of a number of parcel, legal parcels and even more APNs. Um, and so, but in 90, 90 probably 95% of cases, property, parcel, and APN are all the same. Your residential parcel is one APN, it's one legal parcel, it's one property, okay? Um, so, we own 46 properties. Uh, I do not know how many legal parcels we own. I know how many legal parcels we have on, on many properties, but not all of them. And then uh, that those, 46 properties consist of 67 APNs. Uh, we track everything by APN. So does the county, so does TRPA, so you know, every other agency. So, um, so <clears throat> excuse me, that's it. I, I, I can go through or answer any questions about any of the properties. What I'll discuss a little bit after, after any questions is what our next steps are with this. Would you? Elaborate for a minute just on the difference between real property ownership and our interests in real property. We're not talking about today, but that we have easy, you know, we have yeah. a lot of other interests in real property. Yeah, so we, we definitely, many of our facilities do not sit on property that we own, uh, but they sit within easements uh, that we own, and that's a definite interest in real property, as Sean says. Um, we may, and in some cases, we may have facilities in lease areas, similar but different. Um, trying to think of other yeah, licenses. So yeah. Like so I just want to make the distinction because when you see not like this, there will be, you know, there are facilities that we own, like tanks, and uh, that are not represented on this map because they exist on a 
on a real property interest that is not owned by us. Um, it's not a real property ownership, but it's an easement that we that we own. Sewer pump station is the best example. You can see we own eight sewer pump station properties, but we have more than eight sewer pump stations. Okay. Can I ask you a question? Is the um, Watson Cabin, does that fall into that category as well? Watson Cabin, we own the land. Oh, we do own the land? Okay, thank yeah. you. We own the land between Commons Beach and Heritage Plaza, um, where Watson Cabin is located. And that is on this list. Um, yeah, I didn't think we own the land. Thank you. Yeah. So does that mean we actually own the building too? Just, uh, yes, yeah. we do. We took on, I mean, this is a long convoluted one. Uh, and, and Judy, you know, we talked about it in the past, but yes, we took ownership of the building, I think in the late 70s. Um, we carried a loan, I think, was essentially what happened. We, we acted on behalf of the historical society as the agency that would carry the loan, and then they paid us back through lease. Uh, over the over the years, anyway, it's a bit of a convoluted situation. But yes, we do own it. Um, it's sort of the operating agreement that we have indicates that we own it on the behalf of the historical society. Who maintains it? Yes, correct. And we have an operating agreement with them. I think it's expired. Um, and we've had some conversations in the past about um, you know deeding the property or quit claiming the property back to the historical society. Um, we've had some conversations with the county about uh, transferring property to the county because they own everything else around it. The issue is that the uh, structure itself encroaches across the property line onto the Commons Beach property. And the county didn't want to take on an ownership of that property with an encroachment. So um, we've been working with them over the years and it just hasn't so uh, sean talked about one property uh, restriction or sort of use limitation um, i tried to highlight those in the spreadsheet for you but but many of the especially in the general fund the properties that we've acquired either have a direct deed restriction uh the boat ramp's a good example we acquired that with funding and that funding comes with a deed restriction that says you have to use the property for the purposes of the money. Conservancy, many of the properties that we acquired using conservancy fund in the 90s and 2000s uh, include deed restrictions on them. Some of the properties, Kilner, as a good example, uh, was, were donated by a family to the district, and within that deed is a use restriction that be used as a part. Um, some some of those restrictions are a little tougher, or sorry, that's the word I want to use, uh, a little less enforceable. That makes sense. The Kilner, deed, the Kilner use restriction, who, who would the property go back to if we were to stop using this? Versus the Lake Forest boat ramp that is owned, was created to us by the state, and it says, thou shalt use it as public make access and if not it reverts back to them. Um, any other questions just on the properties all right uh, so we listed off a few next steps in the memo um, our plan is to over probably take the next 
year or two to complete our database. What we're trying to do is get all of our ownership records, so those are the deeds, the title reports, all into a centralized location in the laser fee, so they're a little more, take a little less searching, um, and then get our GIS map updated. Uh, it's pretty close to done, and then create links from the GIS into that, that database. Uh, there are a few properties where it probably makes sense for us to do a TRPA land capability and coverage, mainly the Highlands property area, just to get an understanding of what our, the situation is up there. Um, and then if the board wished, uh, and it made sense, we could develop a surplus policy um, and decide what we wanted to do with a few of the properties. So just quickly, in the water fund, there are 10 or 11 um, 10 or 11 unused, no restriction parcels. So those are parcels we could surplus. Um, the development potential is probably pretty limited on most of those parcels, um, and the market is probably pretty limited, but certainly it is something we could look into. Uh, but at this point, our assessment is the value of those properties versus the level of effort to dispose of those properties may not warrant it. Um, in the sewer fund and the multi fund, uh, there are zero parcels in that situation. Uh, in the parks area, there are four properties that are unused, but they're deed restricted. So the only people they can really go back to would be the state. Uh, there's one property, the Foothills property, Quail property that we're in the process of exchanging conservancy. And then the rest of the parks properties are all in active use, uh, but certainly could be surplused. I wanted to just note for the board that um, you know, part of the part of the reason we started on this was some of our discussions about the use of the Fairway Community Center. Um, most recently, you had heard from us that we were negotiating with Sierra Senior Services for a long-term lease on that property. Uh, they have ended those lease discussions. They determined that the in infrastructure improvements they would need to make in the building for it to be functional for them are beyond their ability to fund. So uh, we are no longer negotiating for a long-term lease of that. We've had uh, an uptick recently in uh, requests from the community to use that as a community center for rental space. And so we've been starting to make those reservations and for the time being, we find that operated um, like we have in the past. So with classes and community uses. So for the time being, that's our plan. Um, and we can you know, come back, like Matt said, and revisit kind of at a more strategic level what we want to do in terms of any sort of surplus policy of, of real property in general. Um, on the Fairway Community Center in particular, at this point, uh, our recommendation is that we continue to operate it until we re-engage with our admin facility master plan. Um, our recommendation is that we hold on to it, not, not make any decisions in the near term as we finish that um, administrative facility master plan and see if that helps us, you know, makes any uh, recommendations or helps us inform to do it moving forward. Um, regarding all the units, at some point in time, years down the road, can we get that on the map, or is that just that? There's thousands. Thousands. We have more units. We have many of them we have on maps, yeah. uh, but 
I, I wouldn't even guess. Yeah. At some point, we may be able to show you guys or give you access to the GIS map. So they are mapped yeah. um, in the GIS, but yeah, I mean, you know, That's easements. Yeah, that we're aware of. So easements are unique. There, there are various types of easements out there that we that we use. There are map easements. So when a subdivision map is filed, um, oftentimes there are blanket easements created through the process of that map being filed, where there may be five foot wide strip of land or a ten foot strip of land behind all properties, or down every side property line or every other property line for utilities, and they're blanket utility easements. They're often just called public utility easements on maps. Um, and during the course of the construction of our sewer system in particular, right, because that was a master plan system, many of our sewer mains were built in public utility easements. And so those are those are mapped uh, easements that are available to be used by any public utility. Um, and then we have quite a few easements that were uh, negotiated and uh, acquired by the district when we were constructing either water or, or in some cases sewer, sewer means. And those then are a, essentially an easement that we, we as the top city PD, have a right to use for a specific, usually for a very specific purpose, right? It says this is a sewer line easement, it's five feet wide down the side of the property, 10 feet wide. Um, we have larger easements that are for a pump station or for a tank, right? We have, we have easements on forest service land too, that are, you know, maybe 50 foot by 50 foot square where, a, where, a, um, where the tank sits. And then, there's a, and then there's a strip of land connected to that where the water line runs from the tank down to a public right of way where our, our infrastructure may exist in. So we have a mix of, of, of different types of real property interests um, yeah, I think, you know, maybe GIS would be the best way to, to view those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At the end of the day, we, over the years, we've done a great job of cataloging all of the reasons that make the nation. And, you know, uh, I'd say 98% of the time, you know, just type in the main thing. And, and the easement is, is, is in there. So we have a very efficient system of finding but there are really thousands of things. services team often will investigate the, the situation um, when they get a permit, let's say, to build a deck. Um, our team will generally look at, are there, is there an easement that that deck may encroach on, those types of things. Uh, Chris and his team will catch then sometimes where, you know, as they're doing an investigation of a, of a plan on a piece of property that we have a, an asset there with no easement. So they'll often take on the task of working with the homeowner team to require an easement. Um, there are times where you guys see, you know, we'll quit claim easements. So if we identify that we have an easement out there and the, the infrastructure is either being abandoned or is not actually physically located in that easement, we'll work to correct that so that we're, um, you know, our records are, are accurate. 
So just a quick question on that. Who's, who's legally responsible then for any damages that might occur or any repairs that might have to happen in those easements, especially if the homeowner is talking about letting you in to do those repairs? Do you, do you mean who's legally responsible to repair the sewer? Well, or the sewer or water lines. Who's, I, I guess we, we are. We, I mean, but you bring up a good point. If someone built a, a shed or a house or a structure over our easement and right. access the facility that's underneath whatever they built, um, then that becomes an issue of how do they do this? How, who pays for it? But who pays for moving moving the method? Technically, it's their responsibility, but easements clearly spell out that they are not supposed to be directing structures and, and blocking access to that easement. So it's very it varies from project to project. But there's also fences. People build fences around their property, perimeter of their property. If we have a five foot easement in the back of the lot um, and they built their fence to the property line, um, then we have limited access. So we have to work with the homeowner to get access to the restoration of the structure of the fence or whatever, then that becomes usually negotiated. I mean, generally, you know, failure is repair first and figure out the rest of the gas And the direction to the crew has always been uh, the presumption is if there's a facility there, there's an easement there. So go do the work you need to do. Um, and if there's a problem, then we'll figure it out right after the fact. Got into a pissing match once with somebody who said, "Well, you have the easement, but I'm not, I'm not comfortable with how you're going to repair it." In the meantime, the little village of Tahoma was completely out of water. So, this is like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Thank you. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just, I'm having trouble hearing you. Okay. Uh, E2. Oh, I'm sorry, can I go back a minute? Yep. So, um, Matt, I just, you know, I've been the one really pushing for this analysis, and I really appreciate it. Um, you mentioned that there might be some hard copies that um, I could actually see someday. <laughs> Yeah, we could email them to you, no problem. Or, or maybe just um, I can pick them up, you know, next time I'm there. We so have copies. We have them already, and it's also in the board resource folder on Dropbox, too. Yeah, I've got them little. I just want them great big. So thank you. But thanks for doing all this. It was really informative and really helpful. 
And I'll just, yeah, thanks, Judy. I think if you guys have any further questions, feel free to reach out to us just as this, you know, as you look over this. If you have other questions, we're happy to, happy to answer those. Thank you. Um, item E2, nominate special district representative and alternate special district representative for Placer County Local Agency Formation Commission. And Sean. Yes, I'm presenting this item. So today we, uh, staff is recommending that the board nominate Josh Alpine from the Placer County Water Agency uh, as Placer County's LAFCO's regular voting member and nominating Director Judy Friedman uh, for the LAFCO alternate voting member seat. So uh, I've been working with Director Friedman. Director Friedman, uh, this is something she would appreciate your support in. and. Uh, we'll just uh, let you guys know she's also reached out to other local agencies who have indicated their willingness to also support uh, Judy's nomination for this uh, for this role. Um, I think the the memo outlines kind of the process. They the LAFCO has uh, requested nominations. Any uh, elected board member is eligible to be nominated. Once uh, the nominations are received by the LAFCO, they will um, circulate a ballot. Uh, and then uh, when that ballot is ready, we'll bring it to you guys for, for a, a formal vote. Um, with that, I think I would turn it over to Director Friedman. Um, if she has any comments or uh, suggestions. No, <laughs> no I, I think um, the, the report in the packet speaks for itself. I think there's a a lot of issues that are going to be coming up that are going to be important um, to us at North Tahoe. And so um, I'm happy to uh, fill the alternate seat. And I strongly support um, Josh's nomination. I think he's done a really good job on LAFCO for us. Thank you, Director Freeman. I'm sorry? Thank you, Director Freeman. Oh. Any board Director Pay? Yes. Director Scoville? Yes. Director Friedman? Yes. President Peels. Yes. And by the way, Judy, um, LAFCO confirmed they've already received your nominations from Alpine Springs and North Tahoe PUD. Thank you. And thank you for your support. Judy, if you can keep up the humor that uh, Josh Alpine brings to the meetings, that would be fun also. That's, a, that's, a, that's asking a lot. <laughs> Pretty high block. Yeah. All right, thank you. Item F, department reports and updates. Um, GNAS, for a moment, anything to highlight? Yes, thank you. In your board packet, you have um, a certificate of achievement for excellence in financial reporting from the GFA. We received that award for our 2022 audit. So uh, thank you to the full team. It's always a 
It's always a, a, a lift, and we made it happen. We're very excited. I see a pause. Thank you, Director Brinkman. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Back in October, the board authorized us to move forward with our enterprise resource planning project, which is replacing the financial system. This week, we had almost two full days with our GFA consultants and looking at uh, going through some process improvement team. I'm going to say, I'm looking around, almost everyone in this room was there plus more. It was a very, very good meeting, a lot of exchange, um, a lot of appreciation for the work and workarounds that the team is doing currently both inside the building and outside the building. So it was a really great meeting. Uh, we probably will be following up with another full team meeting somewhere late, uh, probably mid-March. Uh, so we have kicked it off and we are rolling. So we're very excited. Thank you. Just, uh, just to add a little bit to what Ramona said, the, the reason Ramona, when Ramona came to the district, I think pretty quickly realized that Spring Grove was not meeting all our needs. Um, but also we realized that that replacing your your enterprise uh, you know finance system is a huge undertaking. It affects every every agent uh, every uh, department and almost you know almost every staff member because it, it ranges from you know budgeting to payroll to accounts payable and so anyway it changes it really will change um, the workflows and the way everything happens in the organization. So you know we we only wanted to undertake that uh, in a very thoughtful process. And so I really appreciate Ramona finding the GFOA team, their consultants uh, seem to be really good in terms of, you know, having these meetings. And I would just echo what Ramona said in that it's been a great process just to uh, create a better understanding and, and empathy, if you will, across departments to realize what everyone does in their day-to-day -day job and some of the reasons behind deadlines for certain things because uh, I think people just have a, bit, a greater understanding for how we've had to work around some of these things. So uh, it's a great, I think it's a great kind of team building opportunity as well to work together and figure out how we implement a system that, that works more efficiently for everyone. I'm excited. That's a, it's a big undertaking, but I think we've started off um, on, on a really good this was oh no ne never <laughs> never uh, this is just uh, the kickoff uh, we're gathering information uh, we'll come back and do a gap gaps analysis and then start drafting a uh, request for proposal we're hoping that we're awarding to a new system somewhere in September and October and begin implementation towards the end of the year into 2025. It's after that, it, it's about an 18 month process. So yeah, I'm very excited. Thank you. Thank you. Any questions on your report? to pursue a Neurobrack water conservation grant that we think will be 
so we have delayed the advertisement on that. It's likely, if we're successful, that it'll, uh, it'll push the project out into 2025 instead of 2024. So, so, so that's it on that. Um, you'll probably see a few actions at some point down the road if, if this is successful. Otherwise, happy to answer questions. I would just add that grant is close to a half a million dollars. So that's that's the reason uh, that we think it's worth delaying. It's a pretty significant grant. So, and the deadline is uh, rapidly approaching. So the team has been working quickly to pull together. Thank you. Um, and Sean. Uh, I'm happy to answer any questions. I know Kay is here to back me up in case uh, you guys have any questions, but I don't have anything to add. I don't think Kay does. Nothing. Okay. General Manager's report. Sean. Thanks. I had just <laughs> one update. I wanted to let the board know that the team has been working. Um, aggressively on updates to our long-term financial plan models. The last time the board saw that model was actually two years ago. Time by. So a lot has changed. Um, you know, some good, some bad. We've accomplished some things. Some projects have come off that, that 10-year look. Um, others have been added. Probably most, uh, most significantly, as you guys are well aware, the um, best inflationary period of the last couple of years is really um, impacted our cost estimates for projects going out into the future. So we're trimming up all those numbers. We're, we're taking a look at every, all the assumptions we made that went into that model um, when we first built it. So we're looking at you know, our property tax estimates, our cost operations, cost of operations estimates out into the future. So anyway, the team has been working hard at trimming up our 10-year capital plans, all of our operating estimates, um, and We'll be working with uh, with Ken, our municipal financial advisor, to review all of that, and in hopes of uh, having a presentation with the board uh, March meeting on kind of the results of where where we stand today based on all these updates on our long term financial plan model. And the goal of that presentation then is to help um, uh, set the stage for some policy direction that we need from you guys to help us as we head into our rate study process. So. Um, making some decisions about how to how to pay for the Mountain Creek water system, um, and that's that's probably one of the biggest ones is Mountain Creek in the near term that we'll be talking about. Um, anything else to add, team? But I think I think that's that's anyway. Just want to let you know we're working on that. And you'll you'll be getting an update from us in March. Uh, I'm happy to answer any questions in my report and. Judy, anything for Director's Forum? 
No, I have nothing. I haven't really been anywhere. <laughs> no problem. Thank you, Judy. Meeting review and staff direction. Uh, thank you. Good meeting. Uh, we didn't receive any, uh, any direction today, so thank you for the Thank you. Next item, closed session. We'll be uh, covering closed session item J1 and J2 as outlined in the agenda. Sam, do you have something for J2? I, I won't for this statement. All right, Sam. So you can recuse yourself. Uh, well, yeah, I guess so. Okay. Man, every other time it's been on the agenda, I haven't participated in the session. Just to announce, uh, for the record, that you did your business. Correct. That's the first time we've done that. Oh, okay. You just have to participate. Right. Okay. All right. So we'll be just a minute. And he has a new contract, so now he's just making stuff up. <laughs> We've just noted it for you in the minutes that you were that you had recused. Judy, you have a separate link, both email and text, for closed session. So I'm going to close out of this meeting and go into the closed. Oh, can you resend me the closed session link? I could only find this one. I just emailed it and texted okay. it. Thank you. Like two minutes ago. 